Kyle Draper, Whitey Gleason, Drapes, is this a must-light-the-beam night for the Kings? Yes, it's a must-win. I mean, they're the worst team in the league. You can't, you know, outside of Detroit, at least worst team in the Western Conference. You can't lose this game. Um, if, if you're trying to be about what you say you are, meaning top six, making some noise in the playoffs, every, you know, the week off being beneficial, coming back with a renewed focus, all this chatter we've heard, understanding you got to defend the three better, understanding you got to make free throws. Like, you can't lose this game. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is, I mean, the Detroit one was pretty bad. This would be even worse, in my opinion. Wow. Because you got a week off, you're refreshed. This is the push towards the postseason. It starts right now. And so, yes, th- this is a must win tonight. This should be a great night for Kings fans because your team should win. We know all too well it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. But your team should win, so maybe you can relax for much of the game and enjoy it a little more than you would a really tense game. And you get to see perhaps one of the great future stars uh, of NBA history tonight. Yes. Wemby makes his first visit to Sacramento. This is, you know, as bad as the Spurs are, this is a big game in terms of just a draw, a marquee. You know, this isn't the Kings versus the San Antonio Spurs. This is the Kings versus Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you market this game. And, you know, I know people coming to the game, they're super excited uh, for tonight. This is a game that they wanted that, you know, ever yeah. since the schedule has come out, we've circled this date, right? Sure, sure. Wimby's first visit to Sacramento. Remember, the California Classic, the Spurs were here. Wimbayama didn't play in that. And so this is a, a, a massive game, a marquee kind of game tonight. Yeah, I've mentioned this before, and I know this applies to a lot of people in the area. When LeBron played his first game here, yep. we had season tickets at the time. We had three season tickets, so we still have the tickets, the programs, the pins that they handed out that night. And those are worth a little bit now. And I know a lot of people yeah. in the area that hung on to their LeBron first game tickets, uh, you know, they've got something valuable. Wouldn't be a different story because it's not his first game, but uh, the memories will will hopefully have forever. Here's the question. As good as he is, and he's already doing some things that I know I've seen and gone, I don't know you could do that. Right. And they got Pop, who's been a great coach. Why have they been such a bad team? Why haven't they been more competitive? I think they have a flawed roster, you know, and and this is something we talked uh, briefly with yesterday, you know, and and Pop, you know, as great as he is, one of the all-time great coaches, five-time champ. We know the the resume, Olympic gold medalist as a coach. What they did to start this year in terms of the roster, in terms of your point guard position, Almost criminal. You got this brand new shiny toy. This, I don't know. What's what's a? a, a let me equate Wimbenyama to let's say a, a Maybach. Okay. You know what I mean? You just got it off the dealership, but you bought your tires from Walmart. You got this nice car, but you ain't got nobody to drive it. You don't have no nice tires on it. That's why it, it be like crushed me like it it just didn't make sense as brilliant of a basketball mind of greg popovich is how did he have jeremy sohan as the point guard to start this season there's a couple theories 
let me hear it because I, I don't get it. And these come out of San Antonio, and don't don't misunderstand me. They're uh, not my theories. All right, if all you right. disagree with them, that's fine. Uh, don't come into my kitchen about it. But one theory is that the Spurs decided they were going to be very, very, very patient with Wemba and Yama mm-hmm. to the point that they wanted to see what they had exactly before they decided what to put around them. Right. And so the only way you do that is you let him play, and then you have to see, and then you have a season, and then or half a season. Then you determine, all right, what's going to fit best with him. So maybe that's part of it. By the way, you know, and they're such a young team. Like Keldon Johnson this year, he's a really good player. He's actually he's not playing as well. So they're, it, it, they've got a lot of coming young off players. the bench now. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I just don't get what they're doing in San Antonio, and I don't want to say they're tanking. This but would that, not be the year to tank. Right. That's what I, uh, everybody's saying. This draft isn't as loaded. There's no guarantee, you know, uh, franchise-altering player. And, but I just don't understand it. Like, you would think you'd want to surround Wembeyama with talent. And so, you know, Trey Jones is a solid player. But he wasn't even starting as the point guard to start the season. He's back to starting now. And, and they've played a, a little better. Wembeyama's numbers have gone up. But... It, I think it's almost criminal what they've done to this young fella uh, to start his career. The other theory is even more interesting, and the theory goes that because, and we know this, Wimbanyama wasn't playing center to start the year. Yeah, remember that, Zach Collins. He apparently yeah. didn't want to. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I want to play away from the basket. So there's a theory that Pop said, okay, and let him do that and had what Zach Collins started at center. Because Pop knew, like, that's not going to work, but I'm going to show him. And let him learn. Yeah, see yeah. See that? You yeah. happy playing uh, the the four? Yeah, we're getting our, <laughs> we're getting our ass kicked every <laughs> night. You see? So I don't know about that, but that's that's a theory as well. To me, it makes more sense that they decided, let's take our Tim, see what we have. Because, you know, his reputation preceded him, obviously, but they didn't know what kind of player he was going to be. I still, I'm with you. I still feel like you don't know how long you're going to have the guy. Right. Um, you might as well maximize the time that you do have with him. So we'll yeah. see. You have, we'll ask Sean Elliott if they're going to, you know, load up this offseason. Yeah, and, and that's a great question, you know, for Sean Elliott. And, and, and I'm looking at their roster right now. You got this prized possession in Victor Wimbayon. You got, you know, maybe the future of the league, face of the league. Who's the veteran that, you know, takes him under his wing and helps him grow? They really don't have anybody. I'm looking at their roster now. Jetty Osman, six years in the league. Devontae Graham, five years in the league. Zach Collins, five years yeah, in the league. you're right. But Collins missed three years. So who's that guy that's going to, you know, teach him how to be a professional, how to, uh, you know, navigate the rigors of the He's NBA yeah. and everything. And so that's what I, I – and I'm going to ask Sean Elliott this. You know, Sean Elliott, great guy, Spurs legend, obviously. But what, what's the culture around Victor Wembenyama? Uh, how have they nurtured him there in San Antonio? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you go back, way back to Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. He was in Milwaukee a couple years, and then they brought on a guy by the name of – See, I think his jersey's up there is, somewhere. Up there? Oscar Robertson. Oh, yeah, that they dude. They brought him yeah, in. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, LeBron, they, he didn't have a great team, but they had some veterans. They had some in. veterans. Yeah, for the sure. Ropes. Yeah. And, and I, you know, this Spurs roster is devoid of veterans. You know, they had Doug McDermott. They got rid of him. Like, who's the guy? You know, maybe it's just Pop himself. 
But yeah, I, that I, could be. But at times when I watch Victor Wimbayama, and we saw him earlier this season back in November, it seemed like they didn't have a plan. Like, they didn't know how to get him the ball. They didn't know what stuff to run for him, where he likes the ball. It was it, it just looked like a group of individuals thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see tonight as more of a cohesive unit. Uh, I'll be interested this, in seeing it. But they need to maximize this young fella. I mean, he's averaging 20 and 10, and it's really not even, you know, the, the problem too, Whitey. And I, I looked at a team like Houston last year. The problem I see with the Spurs, too, is they got a lot of young guys who are also trying to make their names, who are trying to mm-hmm. find their footing mm-hmm. in this league. So it's not all about growing Wimbayama and making sure he's taken care of and develops. You know, Champagny's trying to get his. Devin Vassell's trying to still make his mark in this league. And so uh, I think that's an issue in San Antonio also. I think that Wimbanyama, here's my prediction, not tonight. He's going to be the first guy. You know, we've had a quadruple doubles. He's going to be the first one with the five. What about that? Quinn, quintuple double? Quintuple. He's going to be the first. <laughs> Points, rebounds, assists. Block, blocks and. Turnovers? Steals. Steals? Okay. Steals. <laughs> he's going to be the first to do he it. He might be, man. He's a unicorn out there. He's a gazelle out there, man. It's crazy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's fun to watch. So it is hard to figure out exactly why the Spurs are where they are. I think the, the explanation that mo- makes the most sense to me is that they just decided they weren't sure exactly what he was and they wanted to take their time and be patient. Okay, if they come out, you know, in this offseason and they really load up, I'll buy into that. But if they limp into next year like they did this year, I have no idea what's going on. Right, right. I mean, and they got cap space. They could go out there and make a move. But, uh, you know, they, they can make some trades. But I, I don't know, man. It's uh, you You would think – they would uh, surround him with <coughs> uh, some veteran bigs mm-hmm. and, and maybe a, a young up-and-coming point guard or a veteran point guard. Like, you know, a Chris Paul would have helped them out. Just somebody to sort of bring it all together, glue it together for them. Because right now I feel like they're all just a bunch of pieces out mm-hmm. there. He does just really draw your eyes to him. Huh? Yes. Because you yes. watch basketball, you have yes. certain expectations, and then you're just, you can't help but notice, Wow. That guy's different. He is. He is. And and Sacramento fans, you know, whether you're here in the building or watching on TV or listening, you're in for a treat tonight because, like you said, you know, at least once a game, he does something that just amazes you. You could do you. that. Like, like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> like, I didn't know a 7'3", 7'4", guy could get the rebound, go between his legs, then do a step back three. Like, it, yeah. it's just his skill level is off the chart. Yeah, I saw him recently. He has a ball in a, about at the foul line. You know, he's got the ball back to the basket. And then he turns and just reaches out and dunks <laughs> it. I'm like, what? No, right. you can't do that yeah 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 so i i'm looking forward to tonight on the call for tonight so going to be front yeah. center and uh no this should be a fun one tonight uh sean elliott's gonna join us uh spurs legend yes. guy that i think the king should have drafted in 89 but you know <laughs> a long time ago maybe he can explain where the spurs are with wemby and what we can expect from wemby tonight sean elliott joins us next year drive guys sackdown sports Get ready for the Kings and the Spurs tonight. Get ready for the Kings to embark on this second half of the season journey. A lot of excitement. I notice drapes are just seems to be amongst the fans, the players. There's less angst about things that haven't gone well so far this year. 
there's less angst about expectations that have not been met. And there's more optimism and excitement about getting it going again. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, you know, what happened the first, you know, 54 games of the regular season, I think when it comes to the fans, they're going to forget that. They're going to, you know, all right, that's in the rearview mirror. Ultimately, you're going to be judged now. These final 28, you're pushed towards the playoffs. And so uh, I, I think this fan base is starving for a winning streak right now, too. Like, can you imagine if they rattle off six in a row, seven in a row right now? You know, think about this, Whitey. This team talking about the Kings, same record as last year, basically, at this point. But yet the vibe is different. Right. Like last year, right. the whole city was on fire right yeah. now. Yeah. Excited. We need to capture that starting tonight with the win against the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Here we are late February, and these games matter. We've yeah. had far too many seasons where that wasn't the case. So there's lots to be optimistic about. Uh, joining us now, 11-year NBA vet, two-time All-Star, world champion with the Spurs in 99, an outstanding analyst for the Spurs. And he's the guy the Kings should have taken. I said it then. I'll say it now. <laughs> when they had the first pick in the 1989 yeah. draft, Sean Elliott. How are you, Sean? I'm doing all right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But, hey, it ended up all well. I mean, it ended up being really good. Yeah, it worked out for you, right? Yeah, it worked out to the best. It worked out better for you than it did for us, Sean, let's be honest. (laughs) I mean, I got to play with David and got to play with Timmy, and now I get to call Victor's game. So, you know, how lucky can one man get? Um, Do you have a favorite Wemby moment from this year where – he did something on the floor that even you, you've, you know, basketball's been your whole life, something that you maybe mm-hmm. took a moment to process or something where you thought, I haven't seen anybody do that before. That That's pretty much every game. That, that's pretty much every mm-hmm. night he does something that you just have never seen before, and that's absolutely remarkable. I, I would say if I had to pick one moment, it was uh, against Charlotte at home this year where he came out at the beginning of the third quarter and just absolutely took the game over, just ended the game really in the first three or four minutes of that third quarter with about three or four dunks in a row, some big blocks, just completely took over the game. And it was, that was, it was insane. It was absolute uh, madness. It was so much fun to watch. Sean Elliott joining us, Spurs legend, Spurs broadcaster. Sean, we were talking about Victor and just his development. And one of the things I mentioned is, we're the veterans that sort of are taking him under his wing there in San Antonio. I'm looking at the roster. Yeah. They, they don't seem to, you guys don't seem to have yeah. any. What about his development? <laughs> yeah. Who's most been most responsible for that, you think? Uh, it's been Pop, to be honest with you, because we don't have a lot of veterans. We don't really have any veterans yeah. at his position to kind of teach him the ropes, you know. So it, it was, it's been a concern, and uh, Pop talked about it a month or so back, how uh, you know, when Timmy came in the league, he had a lot of veterans that were already established and that he could rely upon. Same thing with Big Dave. Dave came in, and he was also a little bit older. But we had Terry Cummings on the team. We had Mo Cheeks. We got Paul Pressey. You know, we had established veterans, guys that had been around to kind of show David the ropes. So it, his victor situation is entirely different than those two guys. He's got a lot of young guys that are still trying to find their way, and he doesn't have those veterans to consistently rely upon to tell him you know uh, just simple matchups like uh when i was a rookie uh, i remember there was a, the second game of the year we we're playing the houston rockets i didn't know who buck johnson was half the guys in the locker came up to me and started giving me a scout report on buck and that helped me 
you know, throughout the course of the game. Victor doesn't have anybody like that where he can rely on right now. So uh, it's been a little bit of a little bit more of an adjustment period for him just because he doesn't have a lot of established season vets. Sean Elliott, nice enough to join us, Spurs analyst, as we get ready for the Spurs and the Kings tonight. How has he dealt, Sean, not only with the challenges of his first year in the NBA, but his first year stateside? Uh, it's been pretty remarkable. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, how many uh, rookies are coming over at 19 years old, by the way? He just turned 20 in early January. He's come over at 19 years old to an entirely different country. Uh, he speaks English extremely well, uh, and he's just got a great attitude. So, you know, he's the kind of kid that when you talk to him, he's fearless. He lives in the moment. So I don't think he's really intimidated by coming to a different country, uh, playing at, at the highest level in the world. He, it, to him, it's more like a challenge. It's something that he's embracing, and he just uh, he, he's really enjoying the ride. And uh, I, I, I really believe it'd be harder, much harder for any of our guys if you sent them overseas into the same type of situation and where they didn't know the language very well, they weren't familiar with their teammates, and the adjustment period. So he's, he's, it's been remarkable for him. Hmm. Sean, I, I, I'm going to keep it real with you, man. You know, uh, I'm yeah. excited to see you guys tonight. You know, what was Pop thinking at the beginning of the season with the point guard spot? And it seemed like the guys didn't know how to play with Wimby, didn't know how to get him the ball. Like, have you seen yeah. uh, an improvement in that with Trey Jones now starting? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, first off, the first thing when you talk about the point guard position, Pop was trying to establish a bigger lineup. He wanted to have Jeremy Sohan at that point guard position because Jeremy can guard one through five, essentially, out there on the floor. So you wanted to have a good rebounding team, a good defensive presence, but that just didn't work out because it's hard to make somebody into a point guard when they're not. He, Jeremy's a good playmaker, but playing that point guard position is entirely different. When you move Victor to center and you bring Trey Jones now from off the bench to starting, we've been playing much, much better basketball. Uh, Trey's our guy who really has a point guard's mentality, really sees the floor so much better than our other guys out there. And we've gotten more lobs, more wide-open shots for Victor since Trey has been on the floor. And the third part is, well, I want to say a month and a half, two months ago, after one of the Spurs games, I got to meet all three of Victor's coaches from France at various times of his career. The, the three different coaches had him at one point or another. They were his three professional coaches. And they each told me that every team that Victor was on, the players had trouble adjusting to him because he's not an ordinary talent. It's hard to wrap your mind around throwing some of these lobs and some of the plays that he makes because you just don't see anything like that. And so for us, it was an adjustment. You know, guys, we were, it was driving us crazy as announcers when you try to throw him a bounce pass on the low block and the guy behind him was able to, to knock it away. Just throw it high where no one can get to it. And another part of that, too, by the way, is the league is different. When I came in the league, when I caught the ball on the wing, the first thing I looked for was David Robinson, the low block. It was an inside-out game. When Timmy Duncan was on our team, we're coming down the floor. We run our offense through them. The first thing you do when you catch the ball is you're looking down there for those big guys. Now the first thing our guys do and everybody looks for is a three ball. 
it's a complete reversal of the way, uh, you know, our, the way we were taught to play the game and the way, you know, being inside out, the way the game is supposed to be played. So you have a lot of times where he's down there in the low block, guys miss him because we're looking to shoot three balls. We're not programmed like we were back in the day to dump the ball down the low block and play off your bigs. That's really interesting, Sean Elliott, with us. It's kind of like you, Drace, when you came on the show and we all had to adjust to you because we'd never. Oh, that's because that's, that's of my ego, of course, Sean. I, I got a big ego. That's, that's what well, I don't want to say that, to. but yeah, exactly. Um, Mike Brown spent some time in San Antonio, of course. What, what has impressed you yeah. the most, Sean, about the job that Coach Brown has done since he's joined uh, Sacramento? Uh, he's gotten a, a group of guys together to play hard on both ends of the floor and, and to play for each other. Uh, you know, if you've been around Mike enough, you know already he's a great guy. I mean, there's there's no disputing that. And he's got a great basketball mind. He was instrumental in helping pop out through, uh, I mean, numerous playoff series. And so Mike knows exactly what he's doing. Our organization has a great deal of respect for him. But right now he's taking a – I mean, I heard you guys talking before we started the interview about how the buzz was last year in this in this city with this team now winning and making it to the playoffs. You know, he's been a huge part of that. He's got he's gotten the most out of his two big stars. Uh, he's gotten the most out of guys coming off the bench and his role players. And he's done a fabulous job just integrating them all, blending them all together, and getting them to work well together. And that's hard, it's hard to do. I mean, everybody in the mm-hmm. NBA has talent. Every team has talent. But when you get guys to park their egos and play for the guy to the right or left of you across the board, that's the greatest challenge the coach has. So Mike's done a a phenomenal job just uh, building chemistry here and turning this team into a winner. Sean, when we uh, watch uh, the Spurs tonight, uh, give me some things you're looking for that if the Spurs do well, that means they're playing good basketball and that means they can win the game. What should fans be looking for tonight? Uh, well, they played well the last two games of the road road trip. Victor had a, that triple-double blocks in Toronto, which was very impressive. So the thing I noticed about that game, that the previous three or four games before that looked to me that he'd hit the rookie wall. He was tired. Hmm. He was asking to come out earlier than normal, about the 7.45 mark. Normally comes out about 6.30 or 6 minutes on the clock in the first quarter. Uh, he was coming. He was asking to come out early. He didn't have a lot of juice. Didn't lot of have have a lot of energy. Kind of regained that the last two games of the of our road trip. And if he's active on the defensive end of the floor, he's not standing around. He's going for blocks. He's in two or three places at once. When he has that activity level, we are so much better on the defensive end of the floor. And on the offensive end, we've got to play through him. He's only playing about 30 minutes a game. So when he's out there, you've got to maximize his time to the fullest. Because the other 18 minutes, we're, we're not nearly the team uh, that we are when he's on the floor. And so those 30 minutes that he's on the floor, he's got to have the ball a lot in his hands. He's a great passer. Uh, he can shoot the three ball with a lot of range. He can put the ball on the floor. Uh, he's really a dynamic player, a lot of fun to watch. So if we play through him, we take care of the basketball, we don't allow you guys to get it going in the break and run us off the court, then – you know, maybe we have a chance to make some shots down the stretch and maybe win a game. Sean, I want to thank you for your time, and I also want to say I really appreciate uh, how well you handled yourself when Drapes clearly was trying to agitate you 
when you first came on, Trapes would say, we're going to beat the Spurs tonight. And then he was like, what is Pop doing? And you were very calm. Hey, I'll I, I tell you what. I, I was a UCLA fan growing up, Sean. So you, yeah. you already oh, on my man. list, man. I was a UCLA fan back in the day. Well, I was happy to disappoint you then, my brother. <laughs> Those were the days, yeah. man. Appreciate it, Sean. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. You're we welcome. appreciate it very much. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Right. We'll see you That's good stuff. Yeah. Yes. I did want him to be the first pick in 89. Yeah. They with Purvis Ellison. Oh, man. Purvis was just not in just, just Just not the one, yeah. right? Yeah. And, what and did Sean went third that year, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't he even go third. second. He didn't even go he second. He right? was drafted before. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. oh man. Yeah. And then Glenn Rice. Yeah. Woo. Ooh, that, talk about the third and fourth pick, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what Drapes thought of Sean's explanations for why the Spurs are where they are. Also, we'll look at the possibility of Domas uh, was a uh, shoot around today. and looks like yep. he's trending towards playing tonight. Uh, if he didn't, what about him would the Kings miss the most? Next with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Oh. Beautiful day on the way into the arena today, as you well know, if you've been outside or you have windows. Uh, we're at the Golden One Center. Get ready, of course, for the Kings and the Spurs, Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper. And if spring ain't sprung, it's getting there, Kyle. And to that point, there actually was a Major League Baseball spring training game Oh, today because the Dodgers and the Padres are going to start the season early in Korea. So they started their spring training. The uh, Dodgers knocked the stuffings out of the Padres. But I bring that up because... You know, we've been wondering, wondering, wondering for for a few days here. What's up with the A's and possibly yes. Sacramento? We just don't know anything more. We don't, and we I don't know that we ever knew anything. So we're just waiting to hear. And it sounds like, as far as Sacramento goes, nobody really knows. Yeah, and a holding pattern, right? Yeah, just uh, you know, sort of at the A's whim here. You know, just waiting. You know, it's interesting, and I know we'll dive into this a lot more uh, tomorrow. Do city leaders even want the A's here? Like, have we uh, heard from any city leaders? Have they gone on record as saying, you know, we would want the Oakland A's to uh, be a short-term tenant here? I think the answer to that, based on what we know, is yes. I believe the mayor was on with Dave. This was quite a while ago. A while ago, ago huh? Okay. Yeah, and I think he said, he indicated, yeah, we would, we've would. we kind of been looking into that. So, yeah, I think for the most part, <laughs> okay. uh, the answer is yes, but they're just there's nothing – anybody can do right, right now as the A's figure out where they're going to go. It's just a matter of, you want to come here? We're interested. They had the meeting, and then we'll just wait and see. Right. Fingers crossed, I guess. I'm not sure I want them to come here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the right <laughs> answer here when it comes to that, you know? But I would go watch them, I'll tell you that. If they were here, you'd yeah. go. Okay. You, you'd support them. <sighs> yeah, I'd go watch them. <laughs> I'd go watch them. <laughs> I might sneak in and look through the fence try, without paying. Uh, try to get a uh, press credential, you know, something yeah. like that. I mean, if I got to do my pay. job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. So hopefully, I know Tony Clark, is who's the president of the Players Union, yes. Players Association, he said, we need to know what's going on sooner rather than later because this affects the players. Of course, we're not talking about anything till next year but the players right. everybody's saying we need to know baseball saying we need come on guys we need a decision here and the a's just they know that yeah they're they're letting us do whatever we want basically yeah and, and think about it too whitey and, and not that the a's are any kind of players in the free agent market but if they were if you're a free agent you don't even know where you would be playing at. And, right. And so, right. Uh, I mean, yeah. from a player. that one-year deal, baby. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And even current guys on the roster right now, 
let's say you got homes in the Bay Area. Let's say you're in the South Bay or something like that. And all of a sudden, oh, you're playing in Sacramento, you know? Yeah. Is your family going to come see you? Not Like, it, it's a mess mm-hmm. that they need to figure out soon. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that we find out something one way or the other soon. I still think I would rather they stay in Oakland. But if they came here, yeah, that would be – we'd certainly have a lot to talk about. Yes. Right? It, yes. Yeah, yeah. We'd have a Our lot own team, uh, Major. About. I mean, think about it. Uh-huh. Press conferences and sound bites after a game. Drapes thrown out the first pitch. Out. Oh, can you imagine, bro? <laughs> it would be a strike. We know that for sure. It would be a strike. I would love to. I've never. Have you ever done that? I have. I've never done that. Yeah. You know, in my illustrious uh, career, I've never been asked. Where'd you do it at, Whitey? Twice. Uh, Oakland. I've done it three times. Uh, three times. At the A's game? Yes. What? Yes. Yes. So the bar is pretty low down there, huh? Over there, <laughs> they just let anybody. Time, this was funny. The first time I did it, you know, I, I I overthrew it. They had me, and then, you know, and I threw the pitch, and I'll tell you how it went. Then they had a guy from Safeway came out. So, yeah. anyway, I throw the pitch, and I just, you know, I hung on a little too long. and Bounced I, it up there? I, I skidded it in there. Okay. And it wasn't because I couldn't read, I, but I did. I bounced it. That's what happened. So right? then the next guy, you know, this guy from Safeway throws his. So I run up, and the catcher was Mickey Tettleton. Ah. I'll never forget this. He holds his mid out, and he has two balls. And I got to reach one, and he goes, uh-uh. That one's not yours. And he takes one, turns it over. Big old skid mark. He goes, that uh, no, one's he did yours. That to yes. You? Uh, yes. Uh, ouch. <laughs> That's awesome. Where'd you throw from? Oh, my God. Uh, that time I th- first two times I threw from the mound. Okay. The last time I did it, I threw from the front. Yep. And the, whoever, the Jim Miller, I think, was a reliever. Cut. He said, hey, that had a little tail on it. And Bob Melvin goes, yeah, you better have thrown a strike. So that was pretty cool. No, that is cool. Yeah, but that was from in front, and I t- uh, caught a lot of grief for that. Actually, on the A's broadcast that day, they were saying. Man, that's pretty sweet, Ken Korak said, oh, perfect strike. And uh, Vince says, no, nah, he didn't throw from the mound. It's, it doesn't count. doesn't count, right? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Drapes, maybe you'll have your day at the A's. Yeah, yeah, even uh, with the River Cats or something like that, you know, like. That'd be nice. Oh, that's you know? nothing. That's easy. No, I, they haven't called me up yet. What do you mean? You probably did that about 20 times already. A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what's going on, man. <laughs> I threw, I tried to throw a curveball for some reason at a Rivercast game, and the guy was catching. His name was Britt Reams, who pitched in the majors. He was with the Rivercats, and he was in a crouch, and he says, Oh, curveball. And he just, instead of coming out of his crouch, he watched it go over his head. Really? Like, no. dude, what? Just stand up and catch it. <laughs> Grab that thing. It yeah. You know, it didn't bite. I didn't get on top of it. He's like, it. Yeah. Oh, curveball. Oh, nice. So, yeah, checkered record there when it comes out, comes to All first right. bit. At least you did it, though. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. pretty sweet. That's... Uh, what did you think of Sean Elliott's explanation for why the Spurs are where they are right now? Well, to me, <laughs> I'm listening to Sean. And I'm a big fan of his work. His career was tremendous. College career followed him as well. Um, But basically, it sounded like to me, he said, Greg Popovich made a mistake earlier this season by thinking Sohan could be a point guard. Mm -hmm. And so, and he also, same thing that we just talked about before he came on. No veterans on the team to sort of take Wimbanyama, and it's all on Pop. And so... We'll see how it turns out. He's going to be a tremendous player. He's already a tremendous player. But uh, I, I don't know, man. This is 
this is a, a different way of doing things than what we've seen in the NBA. And Sean mentioned it, you know, when he was uh, a, a young fellow, Terry Cummings, when, when you know, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, all that. Like, who does Wimbenyama have? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Do you think maybe we're all, myself included, giving Pop too much credit? Like, just assuming, ah, it's Pop, so he must know what he's doing. I think so. I, I, I think so. Uh, a, a great coach, uh, legendary coach. Obviously, in the Hall of Fame coach, um, but and I don't think you could mess Victor Wembanyama up, like because he's such a great talent. But I don't know if his development are you, are you going to maximize it this year, last year, you know, the next mm-hmm. year. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Trey Jones, tremendous young point guard. Look at Trey Jones' numbers as as a starter: seven assists. Like Pop may have in this case been too clever for his own good too smart but you know oh i'm gonna make sohan a point guard and to me that wasted the first 25 30 games of Wimbenyama's tenure by the way on the chat here ryan williams art i threw out the first pitch at a giants game. everybody lying nowadays go ahead go ahead no he did he says it was a promo through uh mlb mastercard so so yeah. let me tell you something about ryan williams art. Let, let me let me tell you something because my daughter comes home from school Threw a strike day. to Derek Law, he says. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is that what they call that? It was yeah. a little outside, I'm sure. <laughs> but I guess his wife is like my daughter's history teacher or something really? like that. Yeah. My daughter comes home from school every day. Yeah. Uh, Miss Williams says that it's her husband that's giving you a lot of crap on your radio show, Dad. And so I got a bone to pick with you, Ryan Williams, while my daughter got a B minus in wow. Miss Williams' class. I need wow. that. You know what? <laughs> but yeah, true story. Seriously. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now and see what my daughter's getting in that class. Because if you're going to come on our YouTube chat and try to be a part of our show, Yep, a history teacher. Miss Williams here. Uh, let me see the grade. Uh, uh, it's not loading right now. When it loads, I'll let you know. But, yeah. Nick Ryan, K. Uh, Nick K. and Rippin says, I can hear Drapes calling a baseball game. That ball was hit so hard, it lands in the parking lot of Mercedes-Benz in Stockton. <laughs> hey, if they're paying, for sure I would say that, Just right? a short ride uh, down the freeway. Sure <laughs> Just a short drive right down I-5. Yep, no uh, doubt. Uh, uh, we're going to look at uh, what it's like for Drapes to call Wimby, uh, a Wimby game. Do you call? How often do you go Wimby? Do you just go full Wimbanyama? He's got some experience oh, okay. in it. Okay. Also, uh, we'll take candidates, if it's okay with you, for Drapes' community of the game. Oh, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take some suggestions. Yeah, yeah. so if you have, you know, your community and area that you're from, that you're familiar with, you want Drapes maybe to mention tonight as – well, you could work it in any which way, right? There's a number of ways. Oh, yeah, you can d- do it. different ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so let us know. 339 1140, 1 Hit us up on the text line or the chat, and we'll look at uh, Domas and what the Kings would miss if they were without him tonight, although it looks like everything is trending in the right direction there. So, drive guys, rolling on here on Sacktown Sports. Quick question for you, Drapes. Dear listener, somebody posted this on Twitter, X. Rex Chapman responded. What's the most unrealistic scene you can remember from a sports movie? Unrealistic. Yeah. And Rex Chapman uh, posted a scene from Teen Wolf. Yeah, that was said. Yeah, yeah, he said, uh, werewolves don't showboat. (laughs) (laughs) For me, the thing that comes to mind is in Moneyball, when, like, Dave Justice gets traded to the A's and he has to, like, 
put money in the soda machine to get a soda. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to show the A's yeah. are cheap. It's like, yeah. you know, even the, the cheap major league team, they don't make the players right. buy their own sodas soda out of machines. Right. The they got to carry quarters around with them or something. Um, white men can't jump. Uh, I, I think it was uh, a guy got the rebound, threw it full court to himself. <laughs> and did a re- 360 dunk like it like the editing was so bad it's like how do he throw an alley-oop to himself from way down the other end i, I think that's what movie that was above the rim yeah above the rim above the rim yeah oh, that's okay. what i'm talking about yeah above the rim you're right jay yeah above the rim yep yeah isn't white man can't jump the movie where like woody harrelson and wesley snipes they beat like marcus johnson yeah marcus johnson that's a little one two is like no i'm out <laughs> That's uh, not gonna happen. Oh man! How about uh, remember the the fish that saved Pittsburgh? That I was do a remember great that basketball. Julia Serving, yeah. Julia Serving. Now, if you hey kids out there, if you haven't seen that movie, go watch that. The fish. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. Last season, the sacrifice. I saw it, but it was it wasn't that a terrible movie? It was bad. It was yeah. pretty bad, but it had <laughs> Doctor J in it. It so, did. You know that. Oh, it had everybody. Yeah. It had like Connie Hawkins and Kareem and all those guys. Yes. just making cameos. Yes. So yeah. uh, go check that out. Go check that out. <laughs> or not. Or not. Was guy, not. Wasn't there a guy in there named Setshot Buford? Oh, yeah. Setshot <laughs> Guy Setshot Buford. I remember his first name. His first name was Guy. Guy Setshot Buford. Yeah, those were the days, man. Uh-huh. Uh, old basketball <laughs> movies. You know. You know what I miss though in, in today's life. Remember Saturday movies like. Double feature, creature features, or yeah. Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, you don't get that anymore. You know, just lazy Saturday mornings where you wake up, watch some cartoons, throw on some, you know, old school, you know, movies like that. You don't see that anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, so many of the movies are available to you, but I know what you mean. In some ways, it was nicer just to, like, be surprised, like, oh, what do we got today? Yeah, let me flip And now and it's like, I can watch whatever I want, right. but in some At ways, it was time. better. Right. You decide and surprise right. me. What do we got? Right, and now there's so much, like, there's so much out there that you can watch. I find myself not watching anything, yeah. like, I, it, because it's just too much. You know, it's, it, it's, I start a show, and then I won't finish it, or, you know, and then I'm on to a different show, and so, huh. it's, uh, yeah, that's that's my get-off-my-lawn old No, man. I got you. I miss I know the good old days, man. Uh-huh. I know what you mean. There was something nice about surprise me with a good movie, and uh, all right, right, I'm in. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to. Some of the old black sports, Uptown Saturday Night, and, you know, some of those old Richard Pryor and movies and stuff. I miss, man. I'm reminiscing here. I miss the good old days in the Draper household. It looks like Domas is going to play tonight, right? We yeah. think Domas is going to play. Questionable. But uh, that, knowing him, 50-50, he's going to give it a go. Tonight. If he didn't play, what do you think the Kings would miss from him the most? I'm going to tell it to you like this. I'm not going to give you the easy answer, the answer on the bottom of the shelf that anybody can the low hanging The low-hanging fruit. I'm going to go a little higher, if you will. I think they're going to miss his rebounding. Me too. RJ's over here like, you know what? That's a good answer. Drape's good answer. You know, everybody would say, oh, his passing and all that. I think the rebounding, especially against this Spurs team and Victor Wimbayama, you know, who's our our rebounder after him? Like, he gobbles up so many of our rebounds. Right. And so I, I think we would miss that. Yeah, they're not a bad rebounding team, but he does almost all of it. So Right, right. 
do other guys not rebound more because he gets all the rebounds? Or, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. And, and so we have the same idea. Yeah. You know, obviously the passing, no miss. But, you know, even just from watching the game, I'm going to miss him grabbing a rebound and going with it. You know, just instead yeah. of, I know you don't, <laughs> I know you're, you're like, I don't, like that I, all I don't, the I don't time. need to see that all just, the yeah, time. But right. It, it, it'll be different. Every once in a while. It, it'll, it, you know, <laughs> Trey Lyles ain't grabbing a rebound and going. You're right. Bell McGee ain't grabbing it and going. You're right. So I can't use my one-liners, the rip and run, the grab and go, the uh-huh. rake and take. And, I, you know, <laughs> like now what am I, I can't use those tonight because nobody will do that. So. Unless it's like De'Aaron Fox or Malik, they get the rebound. Well, how about that? Speaking of uh, your your calls, I don't know you've got a game of experience under your belt with Wimby, but do you just go Wimbanyama the whole night? Or do you go, you know, when, when it's fast and furious, do you go Wimby? Are there times when you can't trust yourself to say Wimbanyama and you just go Wimby to play it safe? How do you play that when you're calling the game? Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. What would I do? What would I do? You know, it's like the and Giannis Wendy. thing. A lot of, and you know, I find myself yeah. sometimes I'll just say Giannis because people don't want to say Antetokounmpo. Yeah, but Giannis, like, do I say Victor? Do I say Wimby with the rebound? Wimbyama, Victor. I don't know. That's a good. <laughs> I, I've said it. I said it back in uh, November. I don't remember because Wimbyama is a mouthful. It is. To it say is. it every time. To me, that's if you can do that, that's the high road. It's like I'm not going to be intimidated by it. Maybe I goof it up here or there, but. Victor Wembanyama. Wemby is kind of like the bailout. Oh, rebound, Wemby. Yeah. And there's an old school rule in broadcasting. You don't give nicknames to the opposing team. Like, you don't call the Uh, opposing team uh by a nickname. Like, if I'm facing, you know, the Lakers, I'm not saying King James with the rebound, you know? Right, right, right. It's LeBron. It's, you know, so do I call him Wemby? Ah, that's a little homer yeah. is kind of cheesy. Yeah, I, I, I don't see know what you mean. I, yeah, so. That's why, to that point, the funniest thing to me about the NBA, I think we've talked about this before, is when somebody on the road team does something and the home announcer's like, Victor Wimbledon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Basketball, Malik, Monk! <laughs> and, you know, Scott Moak is the best. Yeah, he's awesome. So I'm not criticizing him, but King and Murray and then. Let me ask you this, because people have gotten on my case for getting too excited when an opposing team makes a play. Dame Lillard three comes to mind. I still feel like I got to capture the the moment, the shot. And I know it breaks our heart. It's a dagger. And that's exactly what I called it. Yeah. But they, they some people felt I got. It, it was too excited of a call. Mm-hmm. Like, I should have did, you know, like a Scott Moog. Yeah. Dame for three, and it's good. Like, you like know? Uh, Pop, uh, his call at the end of the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah. Touchdown on the Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't have a problem with that because I know how you honestly feel about it. I know that, that you know, you really do want the Kings to win. Right, and if you're right. being excited about a play, it's because it was a great play. It was it's a great like, play. You are not excited about it. I know that. Right, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, hopefully nobody questions whether I want the Kings to win. I mean, you see me after losses. I mean, yes, I, I'm, yes. I'm not going to. Sometimes know, after wins. After wins, <laughs> too. Exactly. And so, you know, that's just something you balance as a broadcaster, too. It's like, uh, you know, it's an iconic call and – you know, if I'm being real, we know it's a call that 
is going to be played over and over. And so you want to do it justice. Oh, see, you've got to take that into account, don't you? You I do. I forget about yeah, that. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I, I'll say, you know, like the um, with that Bucks game winner by Dame, you know, Sometimes you get caught up in the emotion of the arena. Like, the crowd, it's a great sure. game. And, yeah. and, you know, for me, I'm a fan at, at the core of my existence. Like, I'm a basketball fan. So when something tremendous happens, I'm going to be excited. To me, it's more respectful to the game. Right. If you right. just give a moment, it's due. Is there a call in sports, especially if there's one in basketball, all time that stands out to you as like, that's the best call, I wish I'd done it. And maybe there's not. That's a good one. Uh not really, not offhand, uh-huh. you know. I, I, I what about, say, do you believe in miracles? Yeah, like, that one, that was the first one uh, to come to mind. Honestly, if I had a chance, I think, you know, from basketball perspective, and I'm going, let's say, within the last 20 years or so. Mike Green uh, on Steph. Yeah, Mike bang, Green on Steph. Bang. But how about Ray Allen, corner shot Ooh. in Miami, uh, you know, to be a Heat broadcaster then yeah. to call that. That's when they, were, we, they had to wheel the trophy back? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they had, all right, uh, never mind. You know, because they had it already cornered off the <laughs> tape know. and rope and I everything. Know. I was, and I so, had picked yeah. the Spurs that series. I yes. remember that. Yes, and so that, that would be an iconic call, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so tonight you're probably going to go Wimbanyama as much as possible, yes. huh? Yes, with big for you. Wimbanyama. Good it's for tough, you. Though. It's tough, That's a mouthful, though. Uh-huh. That's, uh-huh. But I, I, I would probably do that. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, what do the Kings need from Keegan? How do they get it the rest of the way with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports?